Welcome to episode 30 of The New Normal. We have a special guest today, Vince Shirey. He is a former Ohio State trooper turned investor. He's going to be sharing with us the secrets of his successful marriage, his finance, and fitness coaching career. You're not going to want to miss this. Stick around to the end for his number one crypto pick. Welcome to the new normal, where we're talking current events, finances, philosophy, preparedness, and more. My name is Sal, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Quentin. Each week, we dive into those various topics and bring you an inspiring person or message to navigate the world with a positive mindset in this new normal. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now, here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to The New Normal, where we talk financial stability, philosophy, preparedness, current events, and a whole gamut of other topics to help you figure out the new normal. My name is Sal. With me is my good friend, Vince Shirey. Did I say that right? You actually said it 100% correct, which is rare. I know. You must have. uh, I I studied. (laughs) You must have studied hard because... I'd say 99% of people say it wrong, definitely say it wrong. So congratulations on getting it right immediately. I mean, I think we're part of the the last name said every which way but the right way club. So <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely with you in, in that boat. Uh, unfortunately, my co-host, uh, Quentin, was not able to join us today, but I know uh, we can definitely circle back and, and bring him on to the next, uh, next interview because I know he's going to have a lot of questions uh, for you the next time you come on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you about what... Um, what's in store for you in the future. Um, But really just to kind of set the stage, uh, can you walk us through a little bit of your background? I know that you are a former state trooper, uh, you're a bodybuilder, you're married, got a bunch of kids just like me. Uh, You and I actually share some some background in the Danny Johnson community. For anyone who's listened to any amount of episodes uh, in our catalog, you know that uh, we we pull from a very shallow well of Danny Johnson converts. And, uh, you know, we've, we've made a lot of great connections. Uh, Walden Fencer, a mutual friend of ours, one of our first guests that really just kind of set the stage for how we wanted to present this podcast. And just to kind of reiterate, I know it's been a few, uh, a few weeks before, bef- uh, excuse me, a few weeks since our last episode. So if this is your first episode, if this is the first time you've ever caught our podcast, the new normal was started at the beginning of or I should say at the at the height of the pandemic in 2020. And our goal with the new normal was to take a play on that phrase that everyone was throwing around during 2020. You know, when when the shoe bomber was a thing, when 9-11 was a thing, the pandemic, obviously, everyone was throwing around the new normal. This is just the new normal. We're going to have to get used to these things. And it was always in this negative connotation. And so when we set out to do this podcast, talking about financial preparedness, survival preparedness, uh, physical preparedness, all of these things were with the mindset that the new normal can also be a positive thing and really should be a positive thing because a new normal can mean a whole different thing depending on the context in which you're speaking about it. Um, 
So that's, that's kind of where I want to take this conversation, understanding your background, understanding what drives Vince to do the things that he does. Um, I know you've got some great content out there. You and your wife uh, put together some marriage counseling uh, content, and I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, but let's start from the beginning. Vince, okay. tell us a little bit yeah. about yourself. Yeah, I think if, if we go back to probably March of 1981, when my father looked at my mother and they had this moment together where they know (laughs) (laughs) it's a family show sort of is that too too far back is that too far back it was a dark and stormy night (laughs) there was wine flowing freely in the shirey household Uh, no um i i first of all thanks for having me on the the podcast i really appreciate really appreciate the invite and I'm happy to share whatever, whatever content your audience desires and everything that you talked about. You talked about financial stability and fitness and, and Danny Johnson and marriage and all that stuff. Those are all super, super important in my life. Um, and they've just have been that way. You know, I'm, I would consider myself, quote, I don't know if this is good these days, but I consider myself kind of an old school guy. Um, and what I mean by that is, is I love taking care of my family. I love the fact that my wife has the opportunity to be at home, take care of our wonderful children. We blended a family of five um, over 10 years ago successfully, which if you know the statistics on blending families or marriage in general, about half of them end in divorce. And your second marriages is even more likely to end a divorce. And uh, I was not going to fall under that statistic. Um, I just wasn't. I was. I've made a decision long ago that if I got married for a second time, that it was going to be different, and it, it's been completely 100% different, night and day. And a lot of that just goes back to um, mindset. I mean, that's what what drives Vince Shari, what drives our family. It has a lot to do with what we think about, and I think your listeners would relate to that and how important our mindset is. And I'm not saying that you got to have this, you know rainbows and unicorns everything's always positive type mindset because that's simply not reality but when bad things happen quote i'm using quotes quote bad things happen how do you handle those things what are you thinking about when something that's perceived bad or negative happens to you how do you get out of it how do you move forward how do you stay on the right track how do you stay positive in your fitness and in your marriage and in your finances and all that thing so that's all the stuff that drives me. Um, it doesn't hurt that I was trained by a paramilitary organization as a state trooper, as you mentioned. I was a part of that organization for nearly 20 years. And the training in Ohio at the State Patrol Academy is, in my opinion, second to none. Um, it's paramilitary. We live there through the week, went home on the weekends, and you know we're pretty much brainwashed into being state troopers. I say that tongue in cheek, but they did a great job. And we're definitely ready to handle uh, what happened about a year ago, which which kind of went into me resigning from law enforcement is how crazy things got in the middle of 2020 with riots across uh, not only central Ohio, but across the country and how people were treating law enforcement. But what you didn't hear of is Ohio State troopers uh, not handling their business properly or being um, acting in a manner that wouldn't be becoming a police officer because we're not trained to do that. In fact, I can say this, Sal, that all the people that I worked with over the course of 20 years, I never worked with a a guy or a girl who, in my opinion, 
or ever gave me the impression that they're racist. They didn't stop cars because they was someone of color or Hispanic or Asian or whatever the case might be. We just didn't do that. That's not how we operated. That's not how we did things. And I'm I'm thankful that I can actually say that, that we didn't work with people who were like that. So the highway patrol was huge in my up, you know, who I am today. And I'll say this, it, it hindered me to a point. And what I mean by that is it hindered me from showing or sharing any type of vulnerability as I've grown this past year, year and a half or year since leaving the patrol, I've really started to expand in vulnerability and on the patrol, you know, you, you, you just aren't vulnerable. You don't show that you don't show weakness. That's just not what guys do. Um, but I'm finding out and I'm practicing with this that vulnerability for me is becoming the new norm. And we can get into this as we move along on the podcast, but everything goes back to mindset and my stability in my rock and everything that I do is based on this book that I read. And I think your listeners know what that book is. Our coach would call it the greatest success book ever written. That would be the Holy Bible. And everything stems from that. And there's a couple of key scriptures, and I'm sure you're aware of this. The first one that I memorized when I was a kid wasn't what you might think it was. It was 1 John 1, 9. That's That's one of my key scriptures. And that says that he is faithful and just to forgive us. Um, and cleanse us of unrighteousness when we confess our sins. And the key word in there is confess. We have to speak and say when we mess up. Mm-hmm. And I've said this prayer and confess sins. Um, I've, I don't even, there's no way you could count it because I've been doing this since I was like 12. You know, that's a, that's a scripture. That's a life verse where I use that frequently. And it's not like a tool like to, that I can do whatever I want. Just say that verse. That's not my heart behind it is. My heart behind it is, oh, crap, I messed up. I need to get this right with him so I don't go down this path of, oh, God doesn't love me no more. I messed up too big. That's all crap because he does love you, but you got to fix it and get it right. The second one would be Romans 8, 28, which means that he's causing all things to work together for my good no matter what. So even when I perceive something as negative or bad, and it's all perception because really events are neutral. There really isn't good or bad. It's neutral. When things happen to me, Right. The event wasn't bad. It was just neutral. And it's my perception of it, if it's good or bad. Um, and I perceive things as neutral and I'm practicing that. But I know that he's causing it to work out for good regardless. So even when things, you know, might seem negative or bad, uh, he's going to work it out for my good. It's going to work out. So that's scripture too. And I can go into more, but I, I, I do two more. The next one would be as a man or woman thinks, so is he or she. So our thoughts basically determine our life. And I've really, really been applying this this year. And it's a hundred percent true as I think. So I am. And you can use that in any context you like, and it's not aiming and claim it. It's not like, Oh, I think I'm a millionaire. Like you have to take steps to become a millionaire, of course. But I believe that when you set a tone and that's your, where you're headed, you definitely can get there because you're thinking that you will. And that's, it's not to be a millionaire for the sake of being a millionaire. It's to be a blessing on every occasion. And to be a blessing on every occasion takes money. That's just the way it is. Um, And then if I had to pick one more, um, what's another one of my favorites? Um, Gosh, there's so many, Sal. I don't know which one I would pick. Probably just simply reaping and sowing. You know, you reap what you sow. And and my wife and I are experiencing a lot of that 
right now with this training we're going through and we can get into that later as well um just simply reaping and sowing you will reap what you sow good or bad and we're reaping a lot of good good positive seed awesome. and um because we've sown a lot so in our marriage we've done that extensionally like i mean i have literally we have a box full and booklets full of notes and cards and love yous and all this all of these seeds that we planted over the course of our 10 years and it's it's paying humongous dividends now um later on in our marriage and um the intimacy we're experiencing is I, that's kind of a scary word to some guys sometimes or maybe right. even girls or women but I, I tell you what when you can really tell your wife anything and everything and she can you you're the, the, the skies there's no limit to what you can do in marriage i just put it that way 100 agreed stepping back a little bit to to defining vulnerability and kind of how that all encompassed everything you just <laughs> said i think that the very first verse that you you mentioned is the ultimate act for not only a man but anyone in, is displaying yep. that vulnerability is coming to the, your higher power your god your your creator and confessing and not just, you know, shoving it off and say, oops, my bad. I mean, the, the ultimate act of repentance is to stop doing that thing that you're doing and move forward with your life, not turning back, not being a dog that returns to its vomit. So, I mean, I'd, I'd love to get your, your take on defining vulnerability, because that might be much like intimacy. That might be a scary word for some guys, because guys think of vulnerability like weakness. They sh they they yep. were raised in this alpha machismo, potentially. I mean, I was raised by a single mother, and yet I still display alpha personality traits. I was in the army for eight years. Quentin was was also in law enforcement. I mean, so we we grew up with this perception that men should never cry, men should never be weak, men should always, you know, be roughhousing. So what what does vulnerability look like to you? And then how does how does a man or a woman who's listening to this enable themselves to be vulnerable to to have those conversations either with their significant other or the creator? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And it's something to be honest, Sal, that I'm really still practicing and working on every single day. I've by no means mastered this and it's something that I want to really, really get better at. And that's why I bring it up because I'm trying my hardest to get to get and acquire more vulnerability. And it's just practice. I mean, I think your listeners can start simply by when I say practicing, meaning, you know, if you're having a weak moment as a man or as a strong woman, because they're out there, um, be okay with sharing your weaknesses like with your significant other or with your special group of men that you talk to or with some accountability group or whatever that looks like in your life like being vulnerable about what you experience so i'll give you an example um just just last week i was part of this um really intense training workshop and i can't give you specifics on the workshop because i would ruin it for you if you go through this training someday but I'll tell you this, um, my goal in this training, for me, one of the main things I wanted to do is simply show up all day, every day, be present, 100% present, not distracted, and really share what was happening inside. Whether they liked it, didn't like it, liked me, didn't like me, the whole thing, I was going to just share Vince and be who Vince was. And up until this point, up until then, I had never been voted anything. What I mean by that is like, I was never trooper of the year. I wasn't the prom king or homecoming king or voted class this or class that. Like I never like was 
was looked at by my peers as like the best at something or like voted for. Are you interested in learning how to trade in the stock market, but life keeps getting in the way? Do you find yourself continually putting off your investment plans until they're completely forgotten or subconsciously delaying because you're confused and afraid to take action? Valiant Trading offers guidance to the beginning trader who desires guidance on how and where to start. Valiant Trading offers aspiring traders the first step in growing their portfolio, gaining the knowledge, skills, and mindset to help one's investment grow. For more information on Valiant Trading's training programs and services, visit ValiantTrader.com. I think what happened was, is it was because of my my fear of showing up and letting people see who Vince was or is. So in this in this scenario that I'm talking about, I just showed up. So we had this really intense exercise, and I just talked about with the, like, there's a, there's a large group of folks in here. And, and I talked about how I showed up to the exercise, which I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I showed up to it, but I completely judged everyone and had my thoughts and thought that you were stupid and you were stupid and you suck. And, and how those wrong, those thoughts were all really not good thoughts. I shouldn't have been thinking that about these people and the scenario that we're in, but you know what? I was like, screw it. I'm sharing this. Whether people like me, don't like me, think um, an a-hole or whatever they think I'm sharing it. And I shared that vulnerability and I shared what I thought. And, and I was, took a risk because so many people thought what I was thinking, like probably 75% of the people in the group, but no one had the balls to, to share what they really thought about what was happening, if that makes sense. And because I shared, because I was like willing to get coaching and talk about why I think, why do I think that way in general, which is wrong? Why was I thinking that? Why was it a competition for me? The whole thing that identified with a large, large group of people in the group. And then when we had some other separate breakout things, they always brought it up. Like, man, when you said this and said that, I'd like so identified with it. And thank you for having the courage to share. And you know what I mean? So for me, vulnerability is just sharing, you know, and maybe that's not the best example of it. I think it's a good one, but just being honest and, you know, whether someone likes you or doesn't, that's on them. It's not on you, but, you know, share the weakness, share, share the negative thoughts that you're having, you know, cause we're supposed to be this good Christian man. And I can't have these, these negative thoughts about people because that's mean. And I, I would, wouldn't say that to them. You know what I mean? I'm not saying go to your friend and say, you suck. That's not what I mean. It's just like, you know, I was having these thoughts. They were totally wrong. I need you to forgive me for what I was thinking about you. Will you forgive me? I apologize and being vulnerable in those situations to share something like that. Well, and then also so, being willing to to get the feedback on, I mean, you can't just yep. put things out there and then like walk away. I mean, like it's like dropping a grenade, especially if it's something negative in that context, but being yep. able to then reciprocate and, and take that criticism, take that hit potentially. 100%. Um, I mean, that's, that's huge vulnerability. I mean, you're, you're literally asking for someone to pick a scab and you yep. know, that, that can definitely be painful. And, and when yep. we talked about, and, and you kind of touched on this um, with the verses, uh, a lot of my last, I guess, year and a half, two years has been reading um, Ryan Holiday's three books on stoicism and understanding the stoic philosophy and a lot of Marcus Aurelius's quotes uh, kind of stem around events that happen don't happen to you and and you touched on this as you know an event that happens is neither negative or positive it is it is our perception can you talk to me a little bit about how vulnerability plays into that and an understanding 
the the things that are out of your control you, you just i mean you you really can't have an emotional reaction to them and and there are times in life where things are just going to feel like chaos but if you can take a step back be vulnerable and accept the chaos that's happening and then just look for the obstacle and find that the obstacle is the way what what are what does that look like to you when events are happening not necessarily happening to you how do we, how do we take that position of either from scripture or from the stoic philosophy of not letting those effects uh those events affect you yeah that's another doozy for me so i appreciate that um you you you're hitting it on the head where and this takes so much practice like not to get emotionally drawn into something which again probably can take years to, to master or if maybe you never do but like for instance for for me when you're i was married previous and that relationship was very very difficult to get through so when your spouse is cheating on you you can immediately <laughs> struggle with that thinking like you're like you're the problem like oh crap what am I doing wrong? I'm getting cheated on. What did I, did I not love enough or, or am I not good enough or, you know, what's wrong with me? And then when it's happening, you know, not running to friends and family and completely bashing the other person, which is the wrong thing to do. Like, Oh, she did this and she did that, or he did this and he did that. But being vulnerable to, you know, your close friends, family, whatever that looks like, and opening up to to how you are feeling about that situation. Like at the time, I can tell you this, this is how far I've grown. When I was going through it the first time, nobody knew anything like that I was going through. Nobody knew the cheating, the struggling, the fights, the other thing, because I just was so arrogant and prideful that I, I felt like if I shared that with family, like somehow it made me look bad and I was weak and I was failing as a husband for something that somebody else was doing. And I wasn't sharing vulnerability. I was just being hard and calloused and unemotional, which isn't good either. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a, there's a balance there. Um, if something, if I was going through that now, I would, I would definitely have people to talk to. I wouldn't flip out and get uber emotional with it, but I would at least acknowledge that things are happening that I, I can feel sad. I can feel angry. I can feel those things. Acknowledge that, you know, I, I can't, you, you know, I'm not doing it. It's not my fault. Someone else is involved in this and acknowledge that, you know, you can say it's good or bad or whatever the case might be, you know, you can argue that either way, but ultimately it was my perception of it. I mean, because I went through what I went through with that marriage and that situation, it's made me appreciate what I'm in now immensely. Like no one would understand that if you've been married once and God forbid, I don't want spouses to cheat on each other, but like, having gone through that, now that I have a spouse who's not doing that and who is amazing, I just appreciate her, appreciate her that much more. So that super hurtful, horrible situation that was so rough to go through, in my opinion, has worked out for my good on the standpoint of, gosh, I can help men who go through that and identify with what they're going through. But then how much more do I appreciate Christina because she's not that, she's not going to do that. Um, and how amazing it is to be in a relationship where there's complete trust and acceptance and you don't have to be thinking about that when you're going to work or whatever the case is on the weekends. Um, you know, you're not worried about them going to the, to the mall and hooking up with some, some other person. Um, 
and even talking about this with you is, is an example of vulnerability. Like most people don't like to talk about their past and, and perceived mistakes or failures. And I had a marriage that lasted about seven, eight years and failed. And um, it sucked. It is, it is what it is. But, um, you know, you learn from those experiences and move on and learn to live and fight another day and talk about it and be vulnerable mm-hmm. in cases like this. You share, you share those experiences with people um, cause not a lot of people know about my first marriage. Cause I honestly, I don't really talk about it simply because it was a hard, hard situation. Um, I think I'm going to talk about it more as I, as you know, the, the months and years progress, because it's going to help people. I got to help people. My, my mess is definitely going to be a message. Um, but a oh, lot like of that's that. going to take a lot of that's going to take vulnerability for me to sh- talk about where I screwed up as a husband the first time. Cause there's two sides of a story, of course, you know, I wasn't perfect, but um, being vulnerable is going to be huge in my success. I think honestly, because when I show up and I'm, I'm Vinchard and I'm the best and I'm strong and nobody does it better. That, that doesn't identify with anybody, maybe right. a few people, but, but I, I want to help people get better and grow and, and learn. So yeah, vulnerability is huge. We, we kind of all have this Instagram filter of life, you know, thrown at us. And, and that's the ironic part about it is that we know Instagram, and I'm using this kind of as a euphemism, but like the Instagram filter of life is the snapshots of someone's perfect, you know, arranged <laughs> flowers and, and their lunch and, you know, their, their beautiful house that was taken that moment. I mean, it's literally a, a moment in time that's captured. And we all know this, and yet we still fall back and stumble on this you know critique of of ourselves and and we we lack the i don't know i I don't even know if it's understanding but we lack the fortitude to just say no screw that i mean that's not real life like why why do we even continue to engage in that sort of social behaviors is beyond me but it is what it is and you know you can obviously capitalize on that but the fact that we we continue to struggle with that image of family and marriage and self because of these social platforms that have kind of put these unrealistic expectations and and this is not new i mean this is not anything that's ni- never happened before i mean you had you know cover girl photos and and magazines and and all these things at the grocery aisle when you know you were you know just a kid and you're like oh that's perfection and these celebrities mm-hmm. um so i mean i I struggle with that that understanding of yes, we all recognize the Instagram filter of life, yet we still go back and like, oh, well, that person's got a perfect life, and you know, I need to either one up them or, or never talk about my problems. And I think that's the interesting thing that's happening on social media lately, at least over the last year or two, with kind of the the surge in self help and the surge in becoming a, a coach. Uh, to some degree, excuse me, a a life coach or or some sort of coach. um, We're seeing a lot of people sharing that vulnerability, sharing those stories, you know, these, you know, 15 paragraph Facebook and Instagram posts about, you know, how I failed today, um, I think is opening up an interesting new reality. But that that also plays into something I wanted to touch on with you, you kind of hit it very, very quickly in, in the introduction. And that's about toxic positivity. Can you, can you share a little bit about your understanding of, of toxic positivity and, and how that has affected people? Yeah, I, I just think it's, it's a rainbows and unicorns mindset where, you know, 
oh, my house is burning down, but you know, it's just a little bit smoky in here. Everything's going to be fine. That's, that's not reality. Like things happen that are negative. And I think it's just acknowledging that things happen and they're negative. Like, you know, that's called life in my opinion. And now, now granted, I think you and I are probably like, I would say we're positive half glass, half glass full type people, but things do happen in life where you have to acknowledge that it's happening and, and address it and do what you need to do. Um, but to think that like, you have to be positive all the time. I think it goes back to even thinking about social media. Um, like things are so extreme now. Like the only thing that you see on social media or television is like the best of everything. Like, you know, I'm watching the best comedy show or the funniest movie or the, or the coolest jump or the, I got the highest or I'm the fastest. Like, whereas if you're not like the, the quote best at something, it's like, well, I'm just average and I suck. Like that, that's not even true. You know what I mean? Like the media has, obviously they have to promote things and make money, but like, if it's almost like if you're average you're 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 no good and really i'd say the bulk of everybody is average and average isn't bad you know what i'm saying like it, it's okay to be average and you know or quote and i'm using air quotes again boring like really honestly i would say my life's pretty boring you know what i mean yeah like we kids go to school they come home we hang out, we have our family dinners, we go to church on the weekends, we take vacations, but like, it's, it's pretty day in and day out is it's, we go to the gym, we make our food, we food prep, we eat healthy. Uh, we do all those things. And I wouldn't say every day is the same because they're not, but like, we're just average people. Um, we're positive, but if you, you it's to point to your back to your, your toxic positivity where you know, you're just looking at, you hit it too. You're looking at social media posts and all oh, they haven't made, all they ever do is go to the mall and they have a fancy car and all you see is the good stuff, um, which is fine. I'm not against positivity and good stuff either, but like, just know that there are things happening behind the scenes that I'm sure there's things they're dealing with or struggling with because everybody has a thing. I mean, everyone's dealing with something, some, some sort of something that's called being human being, whether it's pride or or lust, or gluttony, or all those those deadly sins that sometimes we don't talk about because we can't necessarily see them, but they're there in the background, and and uh, that's why we need a savior and a heavenly father to talk to and bring our stuff to and talk to him about and strong group around us and to get to get each other better, because you know this, you are you become and you are like the five people you hang out with and talk to most and. I've seen that happen in my life. I could look back on seasons of when I was seven years old and my friends and then 14 and 21 and 32 and now 40, like my life goes into the direction of the people I'm around the most. Sure. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm not saying like, you know, because my friends are X, Y, and Z that I'm better than you. I just, I know where I'm going and I'm, I want to be around people who are better than me in all those areas. You know what I mean? Like if I want to be a millionaire, then I should have a couple friends who are millionaires. Not that they're better than you, like, but I'm no, I want to follow them. If I want to become a professional quote pro bodybuilder, then I got to hire someone who's a pro and he can coach me because he's a pro. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hired Tom Brady to be the quarterback because they'd been to the Super Bowl six times. Like you, that doesn't, that's not normal. Like they wanted to be around greatness and forgive me if you're not a Tom Brady fan listeners, but 
like you can't deny the statistics and the greatness that, that he brings. And I'm, I'm kind of being funny and I'm not, but in all seriousness, like it's a culture, it's a mindset. Um, and they knew what they wanted and he, he brought that to them. Like you can't teach, like I've been to Super Bowl six times and here's what we do. Here's how we prepare. Here's how we get ready. Here's what it's like the day of the game. Like Tom Brady knows he's done it six times, but you know, somebody like Russell Wilson doesn't, he's never been to the Super Bowl. Well, he has been, but you get the point. He's done it once and he didn't win it. So, you know, it's your circle matters so, so, so much. So I don't know. I'm sorry. I get off on a tangent. Sal, forgive me. No, not at all. I mean, the, the, the whole five friends average is who you become is, is absolutely true. Cause I, I, there were periods in my life where uh, I was a karaoke DJ at a sports bar and I could definitely tell that the influence that that was having was not positive, not only for my personal health, but for my relationship, <laughs> my, my future marriage. I mean, it just, it wasn't healthy. And as soon as that was cut out of my life, my life went in a different direction and just, you know, you and I being in the same investing circles and, and Walden and Tom. And um, if you want to check out that episode, guys, it's a absolutely just phenomenal episode on introducing the audience to, to Valiant Trader. Uh, and we can touch mm -hmm. on that here in just a little bit, but you, you truly are the, the, the average of that you you are the you're you're a conglomerate of of the friends that you make and yeah. and it's proof in in just you and i interacting through private message and through our group chats and through you know facebook posts here and there and social media i see you win i see walden win i see our friends winning and that just motivates me to understand the mechanics of what made you win and then all of a sudden I'm winning. Yep. And then the people who are yep. looking at my life are like, well, how is he winning? Then they start winning. And it's that influence yep. that compounds and creates the winning circles, right? Like my circle yep. of five, you know, obviously is more of a Venn diagram because I have the five in this circle and then I have the five in this circle and we're all just, yep. it's the whole rising tides raises all ships. And it's just a beautiful thing to witness and be a part of because you can see yep the negative aspects of that because you have friends and family and whomever in your past life who are still mm -hmm. stuck, who are not moving yep. forward, who don't to, who, who just haven't found that circle or maybe the circle that they have found is, is truly dragging them down. Um, yeah. Not, not to, not to get into to the negative aspects of that, but I, I'd love to talk to you. You brought up uh, your wife and your kids here, uh, you know, throughout this conversation kind of as the bedrock of, everything that's happening, the reason your why, why you get up, why you work out, why you invest, why you were state trooper. Talk to me a little bit about how you and your wife, you know, at what point in your marriage did you decide, you know, <laughs> I, I hate to use this terminology, but like we've arrived and we should start coaching people, but kind of walk me through <laughs> what were, what were your struggles and what was your, I guess, aha moment to say, look, we can take what we've gone through and mastered and, and overcome rather mm -hmm. and start teaching people these tools because I know when you and the Wenders uh, did the marriage counseling that was one of the best episodes that they put out there and I absolutely loved it I'll put a link to it in the show notes if you guys are interested if that's still uh, out there that interview but mm -hmm. ha having having been through so much in your past marriage and then taking that into your existing marriage at what point in the marriage with Christina, did you realize we were onto something the way we're doing it is different and we mm -hmm. should be helping other people. Yeah. 
good question. Um, I'll tell you when I knew I wasn't ready was when we had been married for about a year and a half or two years. And I'm like, we need to coach people. Like <laughs> I laugh because yeah. like totally wasn't ready at that point. I mean, we're two years in, we're still got so much to learn and so much to grow through, but you know, me and my, my past life and my arrogance and my just thinking that I'm great at everything. Like yeah. I'm going to coach people and I'm two years in and I'm going to do all this stuff. And it was like, come on, Vince, you're not, you're not anywhere near ready. It almost but, seems um, like when you think you're ready to be a coach is when yeah. you shouldn't be a coach. It's when people start asking you questions. Yeah. That's when you just kind of inadvertently or organically, yeah. you know, become this coach without the title. Yep. And that's kind of what I was going to get at is, I'm to the point now where, you know, do, do, I'm like, do I really want to coach? Like, do I want to get into people's mess? Cause our life is so good and we got a great thing going. Do I want to get into what other people are doing and just get into their messiness? Like, do I really want to do that? And that's to me, what you just said, that's a point where I'm like, ah, maybe that doesn't mean I'm ready. Cause I don't really want to. And I am getting questions and I am, we are getting, you know, tapped on the shoulder to do some things, but Honestly, um, the last couple of years, um, so about year nine in our marriage, things just really, really, really started to take off. Um, you know, we attended the training that you talked about with, with Danny Johnson and that foundation. I mean, the name is perfect. It's called First Steps to Success. And honestly, those were the first steps to our success. Like we've built so much from that training with different trains and other things, but that initial investment that we made that year, I mean, we, we probably spent with flights and hotels and nuclear coaching and going to each of the events well over $20,000. Wow. And I could tell you this, Sal, we couldn't afford $20,000. Like there, there, there wasn't room for that in the Shari budget at the time, just because of how we had things set up. But we knew really, I, I got to give credit. It was Christina really pushing us to do it pushing me to do it. We knew that we had to make a change that things needed to be different. We were, you know, we were into our eyeballs, you know, drowning in debt, you know, just imagine jumping in a pool and you're in the 10 foot side of the pool. And if the water's above your head, that was us debt wise. I mean, just way too much. And we started simply applying war on debt. And I, I, I honestly, I think finances play a huge role in lives and feeling the weight of that disappear um, and, and it goes back to spiritual things too. Like there's scripture context where he talks about earthly wealth and, and, he, and spiritual or heavenly wealth. Like if you can't get your earthly stuff together, he can't trust you with the heavenly stuff. So I really wanted to be, you know, diligent and really be faithful with the little that we had. And I say, you know, when I say little, that's relative. Cause if you talk to someone in overseas, we're all rich in America but I wanted to be better with the money. I wanted to become debt-free and totally debt-free, meaning that no house payment, no mortgage, no cars, no nothing. And we accomplished that um, in a year and a half through war on debt, through paying off, applying what we learned. And that's, that was huge. That alone, that, that section, that finance section could, could save a marriage for sure. Cause so many fights have to do with finances. Um, the next part of that would definitely be, you know, just time, time secrets. That's another training that I got really, really good at is having a calendar, sticking to it, um, having our date nights, sticking to the date nights. Um, and just honest, just the intimacy that's grown since the training and beyond with other stuff. Like the fact that 
for one of the first steps to success, we drove to Washington, D.C., which is a six-hour car ride, okay, one way. So we had six hours to sit there and just talk, and we did, and, and we brought up, um, because we wanted to apply what we were learning, we wanted to, we brought up some really, really difficult conversations that we, that we needed to have, like, to the point where I was red-faced with embarrassment or anger or both, and, um, you know, we both just had some things that we had to talk about. I don't want to say get off our chest, but things that just needed discussed. And that intimacy has led to greater intimacy and greater things discussed. And um, it's been awesome. So it's, it's being debt free. It's, it's getting other coaching uh, th through other channels and applying what we're learning. I mean, the kids are great. We have a great church here in Columbus that we attend. We have a great pastor. Um, the church one that I attend, it, it actually honestly felt like a breakout session from uh, first steps to success. Like we're, we're going, we attend the Sunday and the pastor's talking about getting out of debt and being debt free and financial freedom. And I'm like, I could get into this. And it wasn't just about finances, but it was good to hear that at a church and the way that they teach the kingdom and kingdom mindedness and, and, you know, how there it's like gravity. There's things in the Bible that are black and white and it's like gravity. Like whether you believe it or not, this, if I kick something from my roof, it's falling to the ground just a law and there's other there's certain spiritual laws that are there and our church teaches you how to do that and every week on sunday we hear a story of a family or a person who's applied these kingdom principles and laws and their life is um, substantially changed and i had to be a part of something like that so that went into our training as well um and just just i tell you what sal i really believe this with my whole heart that marriage truly can make or break you like when marriage is good, my gosh, like I feel invincible when Christine is encouraging me and telling me I can do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to do all the stuff that I'm doing. I believe that I can with her encouragement, but when marriage is bad, meaning, you know, whatever that means for you, you know, you're, you're strapped to the credit card debt and you're worried about the bills and no money's coming in and you're, you're arguing with your wife and you don't believe in her. She doesn't believe in you. Life is like hell on earth when marriage sucks. And I can say that because I've mm -hmm. done both ways. Like I had hell on earth, you know, I'm, I'm working midnight shift and my then spouse is out at a club and I'm, I'm trying to arrest a drunk driver and I'm worried about my kids. Where are they? Is she hooking up with some dude at two 30 while I'm in this uniform? Like dude, hell on earth. And to go from that to this, you know, the, the complete opposite is amazing. So that's why, I mean, we can identify with people who are struggling with that currently with, with the stress of finances, with maybe infidelity, with whatever the case might be and help people through that. And not, not with some foo-foo like, oh, it's all positive. You're going to get through this. It's going to be simple because marriage, there's no one size fits all with marriage. Like for me to say, like, we can help everybody. We got, we got the answers. Like that'd be naive because different marriages are just have different things that they struggle with. And as you coach more people, you learn even more so that there is no one size fits all with marriage. You know what I mean? You just, you just, that's just not how it works. I mean, there's principles that you apply, of course, but you know, we want to help people succeed in their marriage because we know how vitally important that relationship is for your legacy, for your kids, for your grandkids someday, for everything like it, marriage it's God's way. That's the way he designed it. He created it to be that way. And, um, heck you, you know, you and your spouse are joint heirs. And I can tell you this, Sal, the reason why it can be so 
I guess, on it in marriage is it goes back to vision for life. And for the men listening, like one of your main visions, in my opinion, my humble opinion is you're going to account for how you treat your spouse. Like keep that in in the forefront of your mind. Like I'm going to stand before the guy who created the universe, like the earth, the stars, the sun, the moon, you, everything. And you're going to account for how you treated his little girl. And I'm like, I ain't going to give no, I ain't giving no bad account to how I treated his daughter. Like, cause think about, you know, with my daughter, if some dude treats her bad, I'll be like, um, you're out by, see ya. And I'm a human. So like the God of the universe is watching and it's clear in scripture. Like if you don't treat your wife good, he doesn't even hear your prayers. Like God hears me because I treat his daughter like she's gold. And when you look at what Paul talked about in the relationship and the example of how Christ loved the church, he died for the freaking church. Like my goal is to have that example. Like I see her without spot, blemish, anything. And I, and I could say that to you so plainly because that's, that's the vision for me. Like I'm going to stand before him. That's the first thing he's asking me. How'd you treat Christina? First question he's going to ask me, how'd you treat her? Maybe he's going to ask, I mean, obviously we're talking about like, we're there in heaven, we're standing there. Obviously Jesus is in my heart. I'm going to heaven. But like the next question is about my wife. I'm I'm sure of that. And that's why I treat her the way I do. Not, not only that's not, I mean, I love her, of course. She's amazing, great personality. I love everything about her. Um, but, you know, even when we have our moments where she can get frustrating, <laughs> I'll use that word. I, in the back of my head, I'm like, God's daughter, God's daughter. God's daughter. And that really helps me. That really helps me, you know, steer the conversation the way I needed to go. We needed to go. So I hope that helps somebody. No, for sure. And and I think the foundation of a lot of what you've just gone over financial health, your actual fitness health, your marriage health, your spiritual health, that kind of all wraps into your other mode of, uh, coaching, which is being a fitness coach or or being into bodybuilding. Can you walk me through kind of what what got you into that and then where that's led you and and where you see yourself, you know, competing uh, coming up, you've got a a bodybuilding competition. Uh, So just kind of walk me through, you know, like, you've got this marriage health, this spiritual health, this financial health, but talk to me a little bit about the importance of your physical health. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, check it out. I mean, if you are out of shape and can't have the energy to do enjoy life then what's the point of everything you just talked about prior to the, the, the physical health you know what I mean that like if I'm not healthy and I can't enjoy my vacation or my wife or my kids my someday grandkids like that takes a lot of joy out of existing like I want to be healthy I want to go on a walk every day I want to throw my kids in the air I want to wake up and not be tired by 10 a.m you know what I mean so physical health is just to me, it's a no brainer. And at some point, if you're unhealthy, like when you get to be 70, 80 years old, if you're not healthy, the doctor is going to make you and tell you have to be anyway. So like, I'd rather just do it on my own than have him telling me when I'm 82 that I got to get on some medication or something. I'm like, no, thank you. So the fact that I'm nearing 40 and I have, I've had, I have nothing on my medical report, no medications, no nothing, no breaks, no tears, no anything says a lot about just being in good physical health. So it started with me as a kid, as earliest as I can remember. So my dad had a gym in his garage. So he was like a garage gladiator. And I was lifting weights when I was literally four or five years old, like a little, he, he got this little like pole bar thing that was light 
I could put two five pound plates on either side and I was doing barbell curls at like five in the garage. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. Like that's how young I was working out and watching my dad flex in the mirror and watch John Claude Van Damme movies and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and Rambo. Like that's just what I saw. So physical health was always just important because, you know, my dad modeled that and men, your kids are watching you and they're, they're watching everything that you're doing. Um, and one of the things that he laid on me was physical health. Um, so since I can remember, I've always wanted to eat protein and quality carbs and be strong. And I was in sports and little league sports and high school sports and, um, fitness has just been super, super important to me. And then with being a law enforcement officer, like no brainer, like I'm not going to be a fat guy in uniform. I refuse to be that guy. Um, you got to be in shape. I mean, you got to, your life depends on your being in shape. There's, you can't argue that. So, um, so I thought, you know, I was in my mid twenties and I'm like, I'm in shape and going to the gym anyway. Why don't I just try to like compete in bodybuilding? Why not? So I signed up for a show in Northern Kentucky. Um, it was the largest regional show in America at the time. Um, Beverly International put it on. And I want to say there was, gosh, 250 competitors in that show, which is huge for a regional show, just a non-professional show. And I said to myself, if I win this, if I win the novice class, I get first place and I'm going to continue on and try to do some more. And if I don't, then I'll do one show and that'll be it. And lo and behold, I do the show and get first place in my class and I was like hmm, that's interesting so uh, in the span of about a year I did seven shows and uh, got a few first places uh, a couple seconds a fifth um, and just enjoyed the competition of it it's it was just challenging and I love a challenge as you probably do too and just wanted to compete um, but at, at the turn of that towards the end of that I, that's when my first marriage was really starting to basically fall apart and to keep up the mental, you know, clarity that you need when you're competing and, and all that stuff just wasn't in the cards for me at the time. So I kind of let that go by the wayside, but decided to re-engage in competing in 2019 prior to the pandemic. So my oldest son and I competed in a physique show in 2019 here in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I, I did, I was fortunate enough to, to place again and not only open, but in the master's class, and um, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to just do another show. I'm, I'm going on 40 years old this year. And I want to prove and show not only to myself, but to those watching and listening right now, that you really can get into the best shape. And I mean, the best shape of your life at 40. So that's my goal uh, for this show is I've hired a coach. Uh, he's local. His name's Todd. And uh, he's done, God, he has a room with over hundred trophies in it. And that's not an exaggeration. This guy is going for his master's. He's already a pro, but he's competing against other pros and uh, he's nearing 60 and he's just incredible, incredible shape. Great guy. He's a physical therapist. So he gets the body and muscles and he's not crazy in a meat head. He's actually really smart. And uh, that's who I hired the coach and he, him and I are on the same page. And he's told me that you will be in the best shape of your life. And I believe him for that. And uh, if I, do well in this show and get first place and that'll uh, enable me to be a professional bodybuilder it's a natural federation so if i get first i'll be a pro and if not we'll decide if we go back and do this again but uh the goal is to get a pro card and compete and uh be healthy in in every area not only physically in this show but uh as you mentioned spiritually in my relationship with god um mentally emotionally 
um, maritally, sexually, you can name it all. Like I, 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 I want to live the best life I can. And I really am living the good life um, right now. And I, it, it just goes back to mindset, reading that book, godly principles, who do I surround myself with, not watching television, not watching the media, investing in myself, taking courses like Valiant, um, and investing in my education and watching it just grow and expand and believing, knowing that I can, that I can succeed. And I've succeeded in Valiant, um, immensely, you know, that course has <laughs> the amount of money that I've made because of Valiant is, yeah. no, this, uh, that makes for a great segue. I mean, we, we've talked about marriage health and, and physical health and spiritual health. I, I would love to get your your mindset at the day that you decided to resign as a state trooper and what was going <laughs> through your mind is like, I mean, obviously, I, I guess I shouldn't say obviously, but I, I would like to think you had a plan to resign mm -hmm. and there was there was some sort of retirement or pension that was built into that. But what was your plan mm -hmm. to secure your financial health moving forward? Can you walk me through that? that mindset, that planning, and then how you got into, you know, were you already investing, how you got into the crypto space? And, you know, obviously, you're, you're just, I mean, to say you're killing it with with your crypto investing, <laughs> and, and just investing in general, is is a sheer understatement. So I'd love to just kind of walk through that journey of your, your resigning your financial plans, and then where you are today. Yeah, that's, I, I gotta be honest, when I constructed that um, resignation letter because we have to actually formally submit a resignation letter to the superintendent, the colonel of the highway patrol. Um, it was it was scary. I mean, to say that I, I wasn't scared and feel, fearful would be it'd be misconstrued if I said that because I was, you know, I knew I needed to go. Um, I think God had been working on me to leave for um, at least six months, if not longer, like in January before pandemic or anything happened I was like it's time to go I knew it I didn't see the pandemic coming nobody did but that kind of helped you know push that along even farther or, or make it happen sooner but the day I resigned was was scary you know did I have a plan in place I did um and it did not involve trading it did not involve valiant wasn't a thing yet um it involved something else um but it goes back to God causing everything to work out for the good so I was I was um a friend of mine at the time proposed me join him in his endeavor with his uh, personal business. He, he'd made a lot of money, still makes a lot of money and uh, wanted me to come on board and be one of, one of his, you know, early employees. And, and I was going to be essentially a salesperson, but he was going to pay me my OSP salary for a handful of months. And, um, that's why I felt comfortable leaving. Cause I had, I was going to have, this is almost like a, a, a quote fallback to like, I had a, a, a something to, to keep me up for six months, just in case, you know, I couldn't figure out anything else. So that was the plan. And, uh, that plan lasted about three and a half months. And, um, so three and a half months with worth of salary came in and then it ended and it was mid November, Christmas was coming up and <laughs> the new year was starting and I was out of a job. So it was kind of like, Hmm this is very interesting, God, like, uh, what, what are you doing here? Like I left troll. I knew I clearly had to leave. And the plan was to go with this company and it, it started off well and it just didn't work out. And then I was, had nothing, you know, it was just over. So I was like, Hmm, what am I going to do? So I took like a week or two and 
kind of sulked a little bit and didn't do anything. And finally, my amazing wife was like, hey, um, we going to do something here? Or like, what are you doing? <laughs> As <laughs> the they are so she, encouraging. Yeah, the only way that she could do it. And she wasn't she wasn't rude or obnoxious or anything. She's, right. she's great. She knows me well. But it was like, yeah, it's time to do something, honey. Like, what are you going to do? So out of nowhere, like I wasn't even thinking about I didn't even know what crypto really was, to be completely honest. Like, I've heard of Bitcoin, like everyone had for you. Like, if I heard about Bitcoin in 20-whatever, I'd be a millionaire now. Like, I'd heard those types of things, but I didn't even know what crypto was. I never right. heard of Or I have XRP. 500 crypto. I have 500 yeah. Bitcoin and I lost the wallet. Yeah, right. I'd heard those stories. I'd heard of, I've never heard of XRP or Ethereum or any of this stuff. Like, I had no clue. Uh, my investment involved with something called Deferred Comp in Ohio, and I'd made a whopping thirteen or $12,000 in 20 years, nearly 20 years, which is pathetic, um, by just putting money in there and letting them do what they do, which is a joke. So um, I got a call. My, my brother called me. Um, I want to say it was like early December. And he was like, hey, there's this new company out there. I think you should think about investing in something called XRP. And um, it was before XRP had the lawsuit come in and it, it was doing okay at the time. I'm like, hmm, interesting, XRP. And let me look into that. So I, I watched a couple of videos and I didn't do anything with it. I was like, no, it sounds dumb. I'm not interested. This is stupid. That was my initial thoughts on investing in crypto. And um, I go up for, to the holidays. I go up to Youngstown, Ohio. And I'm at my dad's house and my brother's there. And he's like, Vince, I really think you should think about Ethereum. Like, I think it's a good company. I think they're going to do well. You should put some money in there. And I'm like, eh, I don't know, maybe. And uh, I'd kind of been looking at the stuff. So anyway, they're kind of, I wouldn't say they were pushing me, but they they were like talking about it. So I went ahead and downloaded Coinbase and uh, got the wallet set up and I connected my bank account. And I bought Ethereum that day and put in um, some money and and watched it go up in a couple of days and you know within two days or a week i don't remember it had gone up significantly and i'm like hmm but then it went down like i'm watching it go up and go down and i'm like this thing really moves up and down quick like it's super volatile so like i wonder if i could take that money back out and you know like because i'd made a few hundred dollars and then it went back down like i could probably take it out take my 200 dollars, and then restart with some money i had to begin with and just keep doing this in and out thing, like is kind of like day trading sort or swing trading or whatever. I didn't know what I was talking about at the time. And I'm like, I'm gonna try that. It sounds good. So I started doing that. And like, by the end of January, I think I'd made like $16,000 in January. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Cause like at OSP, I was making 6,000 a month and I've had, you know, made 10 grand more than I was making you know, trading time for money and sitting at a job that I was just done with. And I was at home and I was enjoying my wife and my kids and having fun with it. Um, but at, around that time too, I was kept watching this stuff about Zion Trader and, and seeing, you know, I, there was a webinar with Tom and Walden and I saw these stats and Walden took like $300 and made 269,000 or whatever it was. Um, and I was like, that's really interesting. Like it started to catch my attention more. And then a couple of my friends joined Valiant um, and they started like bugging me like, hey, uh, we're all here, Vince. Where are you at? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you? And then I started bugging Walden um, <laughs> like, hey, what's your number? Can I talk to you and ask you some questions? And I called him like 
probably like three or four times. Like he was very gracious and he's like, I got some time at one thirty. Can it, you know, call me, let's talk. And we talked and, you know, it, it, I was going to join, but even my wife was like, are you joining? Like, what are you doing? You, you could use this to help you get better. I was like, ah, I don't know. I, I think I could do this on my own. You know, that's, that's the, the personality type I have is I don't need anybody and I could do it on my own. And clearly, you know, those relationships and, and Valiant Trader has been huge um, for me. So I, I take Valiant Trader and then February um, is a fantastic month for me using all the skills I learned through the course over the course of that month with charting and reading charts and, and you know, just trend lines and Fibonacci and other Italian spaghettis. It was just amazing to learn what I learned. Marinara, some... <laughs> fazolis <laughs> hey just just draw some fazoli lines and you can make a million dollars right so it, it was just it was a no-brainer i was the last one to join um whenever the deadline was it was like you know to get this course for this much money by eleven fifty nine, you got to join so i join at the at the last at the last hour literally i get into the group and then i'm so thankful i did because not only the friendships that have come out of it you included but some other guys who I'm friends with now. And of course, Tom and Walden are, are, were gracious enough to ask me to teach the crypto course that we had, which was like such an honor to get. And it, and it had just to do with success. Um, and I've, I'm, I mean, I'm diving into crypto and background and trend, trend lines and past cycles of 2013 and 2017. And, you know, you could talk to me about crypto all day and I would have a, a million things to talk about just because I, that's what I, look at you know what i mean like some people look at amc i look at you know bitcoin or ethereum or xrp or anything like that and i'm into it every day so i know where it's headed and where it's been and where it's going as best as you can guess um with with this statistical analysis so yeah i mean gosh if you would have told me in july 10th of 2020 when i resigned from the patrol that i'd be essentially a a crypto and stock trader and I would have uh where am I at now with my income I have a starting a state trooper starts in the 50s so I've more than tripled my salary now it's amazing um and it's where are we at in the end of May so I'm on pace to I, I want to crush Walden's record of his 260 whatever thousand just because that's what that's what friends do is you crush yeah. each other's records and you cheer each other on. And that's what's great about the group. Like nobody's jealous about anybody's success. It's not like someone's trying to hold me down or anything like that. We all, you already hit it. Like when I succeed, we all succeed. Like we share information. We share where things are going. We share, you know, gosh, when the next cryptocurrency market cycle happens. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should watch our course. Like come 2023 and four, like I will be so ready to go like, it's going to be insane what's going to happen in the coming uh, months and years with cryptocurrency and other stocks, just because of the skills that we've learned through Valiant and the relationships that we've, that we've, that we've acquired. So it's, it's insane. You touched on a little bit of some of the mentality that not, not only through Danny Johnson and, and doing the true wealth formula, investing success, there's always, and I don't want to use the, the derogatory term, or at least for it to come out bad, 
the naysayers, the people that are like, well, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's great for Vince that he made, you know, $10,000 in a week. Great for him. I don't even have that kind of money to, to even start <laughs> to invest in. So, I mean, like it, it's without a doubt, the number one thing that I probably hear every so often, you know, I share my success, not to bolster, not to you know, right. be prideful. I share it because I want other people to see it's that easy. And and I use that yep. term very loosely, but it's that easy to take some basic skills. You're literally connecting the dots. You're watching things like history and trends. And if you can put those pieces of the puzzle together, you can be insanely successful. And case in point, yep. my, our guest who, who is, who is insanely successful in what he's doing. So what do you say? Like, I'm, I'm sure you get this question all the time, but I'm sure you also hear this all the time. It's like, well, that's great. You, you probably started with like 10 grand. So, you know, making 10% is awesome for you, but you know, I've got $50 and I make 10% on that. Wow. <laughs> a whopping five bucks. Good for me. You know, what do you say to somebody who has that mentality? Like, how do you approach that conversation? <laughs> I'm just laughing because um, if you have that mentality and listeners don't take this the wrong way, if that's your mentality, you're going to lose like at anything in life. Like I'm just going to be blunt with you guys and just say like, you've got to shift your thinking Yeah. like to the positive. And it's not, it's not toxic positivity, but it's a realistic approach. Like you can win at this stuff. And even if it's 50, yeah, it's 50 bucks. So I example, I took 600, Again, um, is it is that a huge amount? Is it a small amount? It's a modest. Six hundred is a modest amount of money, right? Okay, so I took six hundred, I put it in Robinhood, and I watched it and did some things. And within a month, I had already doubled it. So even if it's fifty bucks, you take fifty bucks, and within a month, if you double it, you got a hundred. And then if you keep playing with that, then it's two hundred, then it's four hundred, then it's eight hundred, then it's sixteen. You know what I mean? That's that's essentially what what I did. And it all goes back to mindset. That's, that's the bottom line. Like if, if, if there's one thing that someone takes out of this uh, podcast or our discussion, your mindset is going to be key to your success because as you think, it's so, it's so clear exactly. as you think, so are you. So if you think that your marriage is never going to win, it's never going to succeed. I promise you, you're going to fail at marriage. I guarantee, in fact, I'll guarantee it. I'll personally guarantee that if you think your marriage sucks and you're going to fail, it's going to fail. If you think that you can't lose weight or it's nothing works, nothing's ever worked for me, nothing works, whether it's keto or low carb, nothing works for me, then nothing's going to work for you. I'm sorry, it won't because of that mindset right there. Like if you think nothing works, it won't. If nobody likes you, if you, that's like, everyone's out to get me. Everyone's mean. Everyone's, you know, backstabbing every, all women are bad or all men are bad. Then guess what? Guess what you're going to see in life. Guess what's showing up for you? Exactly what you're saying and thinking. So when you shift the mindset to, you know, gosh, Vince made X amount of dollars in January. I can do it too. I think I could do it. I think I could sign up for Viant Trader or whatever course you want to take. And I can learn skills. And gosh, I, I think that I can make some money and guess what's going to happen. Maybe you make some mistakes along the way. I've made mistakes. I, I don't have green days every single day. Like I've yeah. made a couple of foo bars, but that's oh, called yeah. learning. And I, I you got to go through that stuff. Like is every day with me and Christina, like, are we 
just laying in bed and she's feeding me grapes and fanning me of course not like that's not reality like we have our days and she that's has for instagram yes yes that's only <laughs> in- <laughs> that's the thing I, that's the thing i'll never I'm, i can't say i'll never understand it i do understand it but it's 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 so surprising to me that i can you can tell somebody or i can tell somebody look take take a hundred dollars take take ten dollars and if you make ten percent on that that's free money like why would you ever balk at a 10 percent? like that's that's another you know just misconception people always get is like oh that's great sal you made x amount of dollars no 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 stop mm-hmm. looking at the dollars and look at the percent yeah. because you know the okay boomers uh, out there are like drooling for an annual return of right. 8% 5% 3% in a good year they're drooling on that for an annual return and and Vince and Walden and Tom and Sal and Tyler and and all of our our circle are out here doing that on a hourly basis right right it's, it's like, crazy i never under I, it's it baffles me when people are like oh wow so you made 10 percent on 100 dollars. you made 10 dollars. whoop-de-doo what is that going to do hello did you have that 10 dollars before like right. did you work for it did you show up did you punch a clock did you do anything other than analyze for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, however long you want to put into it. And that's another, you know, what you reap is what you sow. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So it's like 10% on a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's only $10, but was it $10 that you had to show up, listen to your boss, you know, complain, listen to your coworkers (laughs) complain, drive an hour, two hours to, to get to the job. Like, why are you balking at $10 or 10%? Because that 10%, continues to compound and and like you said if you can double that in a month and then the next month you double that and all you ever did was put in that initial hundred dollars i mean all day long why wouldn't you do that why wouldn't you take the time to learn basic skills and this is no matter what field you're talking about whether it's weightlifting whether it's spiritual health marriage health why wouldn't you take the basic skills in anything that you're doing and invest a little bit more time instead of Netflix or, or whatever it is that your, your vice is, why wouldn't yep. you take that extra time to harness those skills and, and look, I'm, you, you want to talk about mistakes. Like I, I, I use this jokingly now. It's like one day I made $800 on a single trade and I was like mm-hmm. high on, high, high on everything. I was just like, look at me strutting my stuff, big peacock, literally because of my greed <laughs> my my stupidity i'm i'll I'll play this is my vulnerable moment for you vince my greed (laughs) my stupidity and most importantly my impatience i lost it almost instantly (laughs) because just just saying you know look at me i captured these profits and then i'm going to turn around and use every penny of it to try to do it again and just like it wiped out like that sucks it hurts but at the same time, it's like, well, what did I learn from that? I got to be patient. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think most people struggle with. I, I don't even know that it's struggle. Like most people just can't maintain the patience to stick with this. You want to talk about patience. We can talk yeah. about the AMC stock. You brought it up. But, you know, yeah. patience and, and getting like everybody wants a winning lottery ticket to be able to cash in right now, whether it's spiritual health, physical health marriage health, financial health, everybody wants the, the short 
the short investment. Like they just want to check a box and say, I'm a winner in all of these areas. Like, no, it, I don't want to say nobody, but people don't want to put in the work to have a right. healthy marriage, to have the communication, to have the intimacy, to have the vulnerability, to have the uh, financial understanding of your you know, balancing and, and doing a true wealth formula or the debt war on debt system. People don't want to take those steps because they just want, they just want to fix. They don't want to, they don't yeah. want to look at the problem. You know, they, they run away from problems more than anything. They, they put those problems and that focus into something bad or something, you know, less productive, like drinking and you know, doing drugs or <laughs> going out partying and, and hanging out with the wrong circle of five people. It's like, if, if you just step back, and realize again, using investing as, as, as the example, if you can literally connect the dots, a, a game that you and I did as children, if you can connect the dots and draw what, what's called a trend line, and then you can analyze those trends. Like we don't even have to get into Fibonacci and spaghetti and rag, ragatoli, uh, you know, <laughs> retracements. <laughs> you don't have to get into any of that to just say, oh, hey, look, things are going up and to the right. Maybe I should look at this a little bit longer. And right. the history shows that, you know, there is a 50% retracement on this particular stock anytime it does. I mean, just being able to analyze and use the jargon and use the language to set yourself up for that success. It's like, why wouldn't yep. you? Why wouldn't you yep. take that little extra time? Sorry to go on a rant. Yep. No, no, I that's that's the million dollar question. And I think the, the answer as to why they wouldn't is it comes down to vision. We mm. talked about this again. It's How mindset much of and vision. How much, how much does fear play into that? And it's not even fear of failure. Yeah. I think more people are afraid to succeed. Talk to me a little bit about the fear of success. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I think I have that fear still that I deal with. Uh, my wife and I, with, with marriage coaching in general, I think we've held back a little bit from jumping in full force, which is, which is coming. Like I, I'm, I've got a game plan around marriage coaching now and our business that's going to be unveiled in the coming months. But I think there's a little bit of fear of success, meaning like, you know, I'm, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be a little bit more vulnerable here. I've asked the question, like literally, like, do I want to be known? Do I really want to even be known? Like I'm enjoying my life. I have my little comfy freestanding condo here in Columbus. I'm not known. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows Christina. Like people know, you know what I'm saying, but we're not like, oh my God, that's Christina Shari and she's the marriage guru. And oh my gosh, like, do I want that or not? And the fear that to me, that's somewhat of a fear because you got to think like, oh gosh, is this going to like, we're going to get prideful or what are people going to want money or what are they going to want from us? And, you know, we're going to succeed. And then we got to, is it going to change who we are? Is God going to be pleased? Is this what he wants? Like, there's all these weird questions, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a both and type thing for me at this point where it's, I know that we have to help marriages because marriage, it's going to make or break your life. And I don't love the stats when I look at marriages anymore. Like it's like men don't even want to get married for one thing. I, Hans just posted some article with, 84% of men don't want to get married now or something like that. And I'm like, good gosh, we need to do something for marriages for sure for the people who are married. Like, so they don't jump out of them or especially if they're in a blended situation like Christine and I were like, there is hope. 
because we've been through all those hiccups. But gosh, success is, uh, yeah, I think there's been a little bit of fear of success with Christine and I, and we're, we're jumping over that hurdle right now. And um, we're excited to succeed and win and help marriages. And um, the thing is, like, there's so many people that are good at marriage coaching. Like, there's everybody gets to play in that game, in my opinion, and especially if you have, you know, if you have the fruit to offer, like, look at the coach, like, is their marriage good? Are they out of debt? Are their kids okay? Is there, how are they health wise? Like, I I look at all that stuff when I'm looking for a coach, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like the trainers in the gym who are, who are overweight, I'm like, not that I'm judging you, but like, hmm, like I'm looking at the fruit, you're supposed to identify things by fruits, like Mm -hmm. the fruit of his spirit is what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I'm always looking at that and people around me, like I'm always looking for those fruits of the spirit. And those are things that they're there, they're not. And there's opposites of all those things that I just said too. You know what I mean? So really identifying coaching and marriage coaches or financial coaches or fitness coaches, like look at the fruit of everything. And I'm not saying they have to be perfect because that's that human doesn't exist, but the overall fruit of what they're doing, is it there? You know what I mean? Um, be, be careful of that because we've been very careful of that and it's paid dividends for us um, and not hiring the wrong people you know what I mean like just be careful and, and cognizant of that stuff but for sure what is, amazing stuff what is in store for the Shiree household what what future plans <laughs> do you have coming up where can people find you and follow your journey and join you in your in your journey to success what's what's on deck for you guys yep we have a couple of you can find us everywhere so we have a website shirelife.com you click on Christina or events once you're there you're going to see skinny with Benny stuff or you're going to see Christina's coaching and I will plug Christina's coaching real quick because any woman or man for that matter who has coached with her has been uber successful um, in their business. Like women who were on the fence with starting a business or had started it and they just weren't having success. And Christina's not per se a business coach. She's a mindset and success and fulfillment coach. And these women have upwards of 10x businesses or greater. And that's not an exaggeration. Awesome. I won't tell you who they are because there are a lot of them are rubies and they like to take their own credit. So I'm, yeah, I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but um, we know, we know what happened there. Like, and, and it obviously they put in the work and made it happen, but Christina has just got this act for doing that. Um, so she has um, a few clients right now that are also succeeding and she has a couple spots open. Um, and it's getting with many clients. I think you've seen Tom, Tom Herman going through the journey. He's on his last leg and, this last month and this prep week that he's going to get is going to put him over the edge and um, in a great way, but it's, it's been a journey for him and wanting to be extravagantly different as he calls his, his podcast and um, shining. You know what I mean? When you, when you see Tom and four weeks from now, you're going to be like, Holy moly, this guy really did, you know, put his fitness first and his health. And he's been an ideal client as you could imagine. Um, but I have other clients going through the process who, um, are doing well. I mean, the system, it just works. Uh, what, what I advise people do and how they, how I put the diets together, they're all individually based and, you know, there's different strokes for different folks. Some people just come in and just literally just get a custom diet. That's all they want. They don't want coaching. Some people want full coaching. Some people just want my gym plan and I can give you that or an ad whole plan. I can give you that. To work out at home with no weights like I have it all so it's 
it's all custom to what you'd like. Um, and then of course there's VIP stuff as well. So what's up next for the Shiries though, is going to be um, marriage coaching. That's what's coming down the pike for us. And it's, it's going to be different. I, I keep hearing from above that it'll be something that's never been done before. Wow. And that's what we're piecing together. And like Christina has, for some reason, she'll get, oftentimes she'll get awakened like at 3 a.m. And she'll just write stuff like the stuff that we were putting together in this course. And I'm like, I want to do this myself. This is amazing. Like, how did you do this? This is like, it's completely a download from above. And I don't, I, I say that not that we're special. It's just, that's what happens for her. She'll get waking up. She'll write down all this stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing stuff. Like these exercises are going to like change lives and marriages. Like they're yeah. that, they're that amazing. And they're new. Like it's not something that's been done that we've done through other trainings. We're not copying anyone's stuff. It's, it's unique to us and our personalities and our marriage and what's worked for us. And I tell you what, these exercises are going to blow people away. So there's nothing official on the books or on our website that that's available, but you're hearing it first literally on this podcast because we haven't told anyone else that this is coming within the coming weeks and we're, we're beginning to build and, and schedule post so um, over on, over on Shiree Life. It's the, the Facebook page is called Shiree Life, but it's going to be morphing into just essentially being marriage based but i tell you what sal i'm not i'm not kidding it's i'm nervous and excited both for what's coming because i know it's coming from above and i'm nervous um just to get into that and get into the weeds with these with these couples and these marriages because i know that it can get messy and in the past that scared me because you know it's like just just fix your thinking and move on you know but i know it's not that simple for everybody um I'm, I've been wired differently by the, our creator. And for me, it's, it is that simple, but that's, I'm, I'm a weirdo in that aspect where I can just flip a switch and switch my mindset. Not everyone does. And I'm not better than anyone. It's just, we all have different gifts and talents and Christina can love people. Unlike anything I've seen, that's her gift. Um, I don't get it. She's good at it. And um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be great, man. I'm, I can't wait to put it out and I'll have to send you a link once it's available for your Please listeners. Do, for sure. That'll be awesome. Uh, you know, if there if there's a, a course for it, perhaps we can do a, a new normal discount for for the listeners since you're hearing it here exclusively. That's that's so awesome. Yeah. So check check back on this episode. Uh, check obviously our Facebook page and and our website for when that drops. I, I'm I'm excited to just hear more about it. I'd love to have uh, Christina on the show uh, individually or both of you together as as like a a marriage team uh, episode. I'd I'd love to get you guys uh, talking 100% about marriage and 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 everything about that. So I'd mm-hmm. love to love to. Yeah, awesome. That's that is amazing to hear. Like not only your your journey, your success, and and what the future has in store for you individually, and then your wife individually, but then together as this unit, this family. Uh, and what uh, what God has in store for for not only yeah. you but I think the people that you touch obviously the yeah. the ramifications this circle that you're building and and yeah. I just I want to take this time to to acknowledge you for your your courage and your bravery to be vulnerable for almost an hour and a half with a guy you've never met face to face. We've only had interaction in passing. I think we've maybe passed each other in the halls during a, a Danny Johnson conference. Um, but to, to be vulnerable with, with me is, is just, it's an honor. And I want to acknowledge you for the, for the time that you've spent uh, not only 
giving me that reassurance that what we're doing in our lives is is moving us to that first step to success, the next steps to success. And and as the the Danny Johnson community says, you know, you're you're building this dynasty, you're creating mm-hmm. a dynasty, you you're leaving a legacy because ultimately this isn't about you and me. This is about our children and their children yeah. and what we can we what we can instill in them. Uh, you know, teach a child yep. the way they should go. I mean, that's the bottom line. And it, yep. starts, it starts with us. So I want to acknowledge you for being an awesome father, an awesome husband, an awesome son to your creator, um, for, for putting yourself out there and truly making a real impact, a real change, not just talking the talk, but actually walking the walk and, and putting your money where your mouth is, putting your your physicality uh, into this, you know, showing people mm-hmm. that the journey is easy, but it's also very hard in between the the peaks and the valleys. Like it's, yep. it's easy to see someone's Instagram reel and and think <laughs> one thing, but to actually dig deep and get in there uh, is a yeah. whole different situation. So I, again, I just want to acknowledge you for your vulnerability. You you turned your mess into this awesome message, and and I love. I think I'm going to title the the podcast episode that turning your light, turning your mess into a message. I think that's a great yeah. tagline for you. If you're not already using it, please, uh, please do use that. That's awesome. So Vince Shirey, thank you so much for, for joining us on the new normal. Uh, Shirelife.com is the website that you can reach out to them. Shirey Life on Facebook. We will have all of the links in the description below. I'm going to close out by leaving with a couple questions if you could answer and then i'm going to give you 30 seconds to just give your your download for for the listeners so sure the first question is how do you define the new normal <laughs> the new normal is what's always been uh for me normal is health for me normal is uh financially free and independent for me the normal is a great marriage and by great marriage i mean intimacy and being vulnerable with your spouse and with your kids and letting them see, you know, what the bank account looks like, what, what the stressors are and letting them be privileged to those conversations. That's normal. That's the way it's always been for us. And that's the way it will continue to be. Nothing's going to change that. No pandemic, um, <laughs> no, nothing, no hardship is going to change what's normal for us. What's normal is the way it's always been. And we'll continue down that path because that's what he says. Excellent. Excellent. What would you put if you had access to a billboard on a major highway major city everyone's going to see it they're going to drive past it every single day either going to work or coming home or both directions if you had access to a billboard what would be your slogan what would be your message that you wanted to just hammer home to people what are you thinking about oof that's it what are you thinking about? But I'd, I'd want, I'd pray over the sign and I'd want it to really spur themselves to like really think about what they're thinking about. Mm. Like when we get off this podcast and I go inside and I, you know, I get some alone time tonight, like what is, what's the internal chatter? What are you saying to yourself? What literally are you thinking about? Like, cause that's your life. The internal chatter is your life. Like, are you like, man, my wife is so amazing. My kids are great. I'm healthy. I'm this. I'm like, I got to help this person. How's so-and-so doing? How's their marriage? Let me pray for them. Let me give them a call. Let me like, is it helpful? Is it positive? Is it encouraging? Like, what are you thinking about? Or is it, I suck, I'm fat, I'm, I'm in debt. 
my husband sucks. My kids are this. Who cares? They only hate, they hate me. They don't like me. This person said this, like, what's the internal chatter? Fix that. That's awesome. That's, that is a huge, I mean, it's almost kind of like Facebook. What's, what's going on? What's on your mind? I mean, that's, that's a perfect question. Like it's so open-ended that you could literally spur another hour long conversation. What are you thinking about? Awesome. Yep. Vince, take us out. Give us uh, your 30 second elevator pitch. Let us know who you are, what you're about and where people can find you. (laughs) Elevator pitch. Hey, my name is Vince Shari and I'm a happily married man. My spouse is incredible. My kids are awesome. And it didn't just happen overnight. So let us help you have what we have and what we've figured out over the course of, of a decade of marriage. Like we want you to have an exceptional marriage. We want you to be debt free. We want you to be good financially. We want you to be good spiritually. We want you to be good physically and maritally. We want you to just succeed on all accounts. So give us some time. We'd love to help you transform your marriage and your finances and everything above. Um, just because that's what matters. People matter. Your marriage matters. Your kids matter. And God wants you to succeed. So you can find us at sharylife.com. You can find us over on YouTube at Shari Life, Facebook at Shari Life, Instagram at Shari Life. Just look up Shari Life and you'll find us. And uh, we hope that we entertain you a little bit, but uh, more hopefully I hope that you can apply what we're, what we're uh, showing you guys and, and apply it to your life and have an exceptional, exceptional marriage and life. That's awesome. And I think you and your wife have such a, an awesome dynamic. That is S-H-I-R- E-Y-L-I-F-E.com. So Shirey Life, yep. if you uh, didn't catch that from the uh, the show notes. Uh, the dynamic that you and Christina have is just, I, I, would would you consider, <laughs> is, she a, is she a sapphire? Yeah, we're, we are the we polar opposite combination. She's a, she's a sapphire pearl and I'm a ruby emerald and it just works oh, so yeah. well because we, we morph into those gems pretty easily. Yeah, and at, at I, I can definitely times, see like, that. <laughs> if if you've ever gone through the Jan, Danny Johnson uh, system, you you understand what we're talking about these gems. But <laughs> it, it it is like drenched in the personality of Christina and you. Like you're just very deadpan, very serious, very analytical, and data driven. <laughs> and she's all over the place, bubbly, using her hands and smiling, and you know, beat bopping all the way. It's it's great. So you guys <laughs> check out their vlogs, check out their website. You will not regret it. They have amazing content, not only for your physical, your spiritual, your marriage, health, all of it. Uh, I don't think you're you're gonna be disappointed. One last question before we say goodbye. And, and this is not financial advice. He's not a financial advisor. That whole spiel. Vince, if you had $100, where would you put it right now? XRP. Yes, sir. Here we go. <laughs> to the moon, as they say. <laughs> Vince, thank you so much for joining me. I have had a, such a blast talking to you. I hope to do this again with you and Christina. Uh, I think you guys have so much to offer. And until next time, my name is Sal. This is the new normal. Good luck, stay safe, and welcome to the new normal.